Hello, welcome to Serenity Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole White and I'll be your host. This podcast is dedicated to helping you tap into your full potential of how you can heal and balance your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Together, let's explore our inner self, connect to our strength, and manifest your true nature, one full of love, purpose, and passion. Welcome to episode 14, Emotional Ladders. Happy first day of spring, everyone. The sun is shining beautifully here. I'm looking out my window and there happens to be a cardinal on my fence. I'm pretty sure there's a little family uh, of cardinals living on the in the, the bush there um, by the fence, but uh, just gorgeous out today for our first day of spring. We have an awesome full moon happening uh, on our spring equinox, which is bringing about a lot of beautiful transition and change. Uh, for ourselves and inner growth uh, in our connection to uh, our heart space and allowing for us to clear away unwanted patterns that might be holding us back in that area. So beautiful thing. This is uh, not going to be an episode about energy with the moon, but just keep in mind we're over 70% water-based. You're probably all very aware of how the moon fluctuates the ocean. So Yeah, just keep that in mind if you're uh, wondering about this idea of the energy uh, that it brings and if it can truly do anything in terms of us in our physical body. And again, this isn't an episode about that, so I'll just leave that there. But happy spring, everyone. It's beautiful. Thank you again, as always, for everything you continue to do to support me, encourage me, give me feedback. I love your questions. Um, And man, I just continue to love that this is getting spread outside of the U.S. It's just amazing. So welcome to my newest listeners in Ireland, Japan, and the Netherlands. So exciting. Thank you so much. I hope all of you are continuing to find this podcast useful in terms of building your wellness toolbox and really starting to connect within and understand yourself. Because the more we go along this path together, the more you're going to really connect to all these natural and holistic ways that you can begin to heal yourself just through some kind of rewiring and and re-networking of your system. So with today, we're going to start talking a little bit more about emotion. We've been looking about or looking into breath work and some connection more to stress and tension buildup in our body and trying to move that breath and, and move that tension and release that tension through some increased awareness. And we've been exploring more about our thoughts and different cycles and thought patterns we can get into and how they also correlate to not only our emotional self, but also our physical self. So today we're going to just start on this journey of uh, starting to explore emotion and what that means and what we can do about some of these areas that we might get stuck in as well. With emotions today, we're going to just start building upon an understanding of our emotions, what can get us stuck or disconnected in avoidance, some auto patterns or uh, fears that we might get looped into or wrapped around, and we're going to start creating a healthy and compassionate connection to our emotions and acceptance of our emotions and understanding that all emotions are okay. I uh, you know, have been a therapist for over 20 years. And I explained many times to people, I will never train you or teach you how to avoid working through an emotion. I will never train someone who comes to me to work through anxiety of how to never have anxiety. Anxiety is a useful tool. When you think about it in terms of the effective level of anxiety, if you go to like an interview or uh, you need to uh, 
give a presentation of some sort or, you know, things like that, we kind of need a little bit of anxiety. It helps us stay alert, stay focused when we're taking a test. It's just that unhealthy level that starts to shut down the system in our mind. So I'll never, in this episode, series of podcasts or, uh, you know, anytime I'm working with anyone, it's not about teaching us not to have emotion. It's about teaching us to actually fully and deeply connect to the understanding, to the compassion of our emotion, and to be able to work through them in a healthy way. So as we start to explore this, I want to start by just talking a little bit about the ladders of our emotion or these dialectics. As I uh, might have mentioned, I know I mentioned in the first episode, I might have mentioned it here or there uh, throughout other episodes, but I am a certified dialectical behavior therapist. And what that means is after, so you get your license in counseling um, and to get your license in counseling uh, is after you get your master's degree, it's 3000 hours and then you have to take a test and you have to get supervision and a bunch of other stuff. And so it takes about three years or so after your license to get, or excuse me, after you get your master's degree to then become licensed as a therapist. After you become licensed, then you can um, become certified in dialectical behavior therapy. And to get certified, it's a five-year process uh, that you go through with intensive training and supervision and um, a lot of different things to help you really build that skill base and understanding. So with that, I am a dialectical behavior therapist. And in that uh, work, we work on emotion regulation as one of those umbrellas uh, that I've talked about before. Again, it was probably like the first episode, but emotion regulation is one of the things we work on and understanding that, you know, uh, we not only have to accept all emotion and try to work through them in order to really understand our full nature and to heal ourselves in many ways and to connect with ourselves and others more fully, but in that understanding uh, and in the, the connection with that, It can be helpful also to understand that these ladders of our emotion, that we have a variety of different scales of each emotion. So for example, happiness, we might start down towards that lower level and feel optimistic. And then further on up that ladder, we might have some positive beliefs about ourselves or even about the situation happening around us. And then we might start feeling enthusiasm as we continue to climb up that ladder. We might start feeling eagerness, passion. We might get even further up and start experiencing joy or even getting into that feeling of love that often comes along when we are in that higher level of happiness on that ladder. Sadness, for example, we might start at that lower level with disappointment. We might have some pessimism. We might feel tearful as we move up that ladder. Further up, we might have sorrow or despair. And with anger, as another example, we might start at a lower level with being annoyed. And then we might move up a little and feel frustrated or irritated. But as we climb further and further up that ladder, we might start feeling resentful, revengeful, rageful. So it's this dialectic or this ladder of emotion as a base of understanding in all these things that we're going to explore so that you can have a healthy understanding and connection to your own emotion. Another thing to keep in mind is we often will have a mix of emotion. So when we're feeling happy, we might also have 
um, emotions of feeling proud, feeling confident. When we're feeling sad, we might feel lonely or empty. When we're feeling angry, we might actually feel anxious or sad. And so in this last example I gave with anger and how I I said we might actually, instead of along with, I mean, we can, along with anger, feel that sadness and feel that anxiety. uh, But often with anger too, as well as other emotions, but anger is the one I'm going to use, for example, right now, we will jump over that emotion and go uh, to a secondary emotion. So anger, for example, very, very often anger is the secondary emotion. So our primary emotions are what we truly feel. And then sometimes we don't connect with how we really feel, or sometimes we're aware, but we don't express that emotion. We will jump over it or avoid it. But when we jump over, for example, with anger, if we're feeling anxious, anxiety and anger are so uh, correlated or uh, combined or they like to hang out together a whole lot. Some ways to think about it. But with uh, anxiety, it will start, and again, sometimes we're not even aware of this connection, but anxiety we feel will often have like a lack of control. Um, It will make us um, have a sense of um, just kind of a, a crisis orientation, if you would. And so we'll have this like lack of control. Then we'll have a fear come through because we're, we're not having control of the situation. And then we respond more with the anger and so the anxiety because sometimes that is not the most comfortable thing for people initially until they learn and get comfortable and compassionate towards the emotion. Uh, and then they'll express it in anger or uh, sadness. So for example, maybe you... Um, maybe you made plans with, um, you know, your, your partner or a friend or or someone, and you were really excited for whatever you're going to do. I don't know. Let's just say you're going to dinner. So you're going to go to dinner. You're really excited. Maybe you had it planned for a few days and then, uh, it gets canceled at the last minute. Um, and maybe you respond more with anger or frustration, you know, especially this happens often. I do um, marriage counseling as well. Um, and so it can often happen, you know, with our partners or our, our spouses where if, you know, they're running late for work or, or, or at work or something and they don't reach out and then they come home and the plans get changed and maybe, you know, you're feeling hurt, you know, you're feeling sad, you're feeling disappointed because you were really looking forward to it. And instead of expressing that, you know, oh, I was really looking forward to it. You know, I'm working through some sadness right now. Um, I'm, you know, just feeling hurt that we couldn't make it work to happen tonight. You know, the, the true thing that's happening for you emotionally will often people jump over that. And it's how could you, you're insensitive, you know, here we are again, we had these plans, you're not thinking about how I feel, and we get like attacky and just start (laughs) kind of throwing some jabs. And that's not really going to lead to the person understanding how you feel. It's not even going to lead to you understanding how you feel. So we can jump over these primary emotions and go into secondary emotions, and then we're escaping our own feelings, we're avoiding our own feelings, and when it comes to communicating those feelings with others, we're causing oftentimes an array of other stuff that comes in and has nothing to do with how we're really feeling. 
So we have the ladders of emotion and we have these mixes of emotions that come in and sometimes we have uh, jumping from our primary emotion into a secondary emotion. And, you know, when we think about this, these are often patterns. Like I had mentioned, as we've been talking here, sometimes we're not aware. And so how do we create these patterns? Like what creates these patterns for us when we can notice and maybe even realize sometimes that it's super ineffective, that our needs aren't getting met, that when I react in anger, when I'm really anxious or hurt, well, now I've said some kind of crappy things to the person. And now I have to work on that part of my healing because I feel crappy for treating someone that way now that I've calmed down. And now they still don't know that I was sad. They still don't know that I was anxious because when I try to express that to them now, well, they're, they're still feeling hurt because I was just kind of throwing jabs. So we just get in these loops and these cycles and start creating even more emotions that we have to work through and more hardships on ourselves, and more avoidance and further getting away from our true nature of what we're trying to work through and heal. So what can create these patterns? The first area is a lack of awareness or connection. Sometimes we, as I mentioned, can just be unaware that we're even jumping over, or we might not even be aware of our emotions. Many times when I'm working with people, they will have like one or two emotions that are their go-tos. And sometimes they really initially have a struggle connecting to what those other emotions feel like for them what sadness feels like, what happiness feels like, what anger feels like, what love feels like. So sometimes, you know, we just don't know. We don't know that we don't know. Or sometimes we just get stuck in such a pattern uh, because we're not aware, but we also are not aware of what to do with the emotion. So we have fear. Often our emotional understanding comes from different developmental phases as we grow up. So what I'm about to say is not a judgment towards our parents or our caregivers. They were doing the best that they could in raising us. I did the best I could in raising my daughter, but she had to work through me trying to figure out how to manage my emotions when she was a child. That's not fair to her, but it's I did the best I could because I didn't have any teaching. I am not judging my family or my parents I'm just talking truth that's all you know they only knew what they knew from their upbringing from the teaching their parents could provide from their insight and understanding my father does not have good anger regulation I wasn't really taught how to effectively communicate my emotion The idea of love, to be perfectly honest, is something I'm still working through truly understanding and allowing myself to feel, except for for my daughter. (laughs) I'm so amazingly grateful for her. Uh, She has truly allowed me in my heart to know and experience unconditional love. Again, not a fault from my father, but it's just not something he was able to provide for me. He, you know, the day I was born, his father was on another floor in the same hospital dying. So my dad was like going up and down, you know, the hospital floors between my mom pushing me out and his father leaving this life. 
among many other things that he himself has had to work through in his life and the lack of teaching he got on how to regulate his emotion. So again, this isn't to blame our caregivers. It's just to let us understand so that we can develop different tools so that we can create something different because they're available to us. You know, if you're listening to me, you're most likely in the adult area. Maybe you're a teenager still, and that's awesome too. That would, ah, that would super, super fill my heart if I knew that too. Um, but you know, whoever you are, wherever you are on this journey, regardless of, you know, I'm 44. Yep. Put my age out there. I'm 44. And so I had years and years of training of how not to do it. I got, I got myself into mounds and mounds of patterns that were non-effective And it's not only our family, it's the communities we live in and grow up in as well. I uh, grew up in Coatesville and, you know, it's a, it's a community, um, you know, that sometimes has a little anger running through it, a little, um, you know, it's, again, I'm not judging. It's just a different energy is all, um, you know, living out here away from all of that. It took me some years to transition into this new kind of awareness of myself and, and my emotion. And it's just different is all, um, you know, sometimes growing up, we, we've heard things like get over it. You're overreacting. You're too sensitive. You know, that lovely term man up, whatever the, I'm trying to always be mindful in these podcasts that I don't curse. So whatever that is supposed to mean, um, you know, we get these messages that, that tell us to avoid emotion. And often it's because again, people just don't have their own tools, but also people are a little uncomfortable and fearful sometimes of other people's emotion because they don't know what to do with that either. And so they'll, you know, try to skirt us away into something else. So again, we're not judging. We're just becoming aware that sometimes we are stuck in these patterns just because we haven't been taught anything different because our parents or our caregivers didn't know anything different because they weren't taught anything different. You know, my parents, it wasn't, um, you know, in that uh, whatever time when I was growing up, it wasn't, in you know, something that was really taught to parents of like, oh, sit with your children let them explore emotion, talk to them about emotion. You know, we're just now really helping encourage and educate parents on the importance of that. So we're not going to blame. We're not going to judge. We're just going to try to be aware so we can create something different for ourselves. You know, we have every opportunity to change. I didn't want to continue to live my life in an angry cycle. And, and it took some while, a while to, to kind of retrain and, and reprogram myself and, and being aware that we have all of these teachers around us all the time your friends, your loved ones, people you run into and meet, you know, they're all teachers for us of how to to regulate, manage, and communicate our emotion in a safe and comfortable way. So the other part of this, these patterns, um, the other piece that keeps us stuck in these patterns, aside from the lack of awareness for those reasons, is also our avoidance. So we avoid not only due to fear, but, you know, we also avoid because sometimes we don't think we have the time, for example, will be another one. I don't have the time to feel sad. Who has the time to feel sad? What does that even mean? If we avoid our emotion and we don't let us feel the sadness, you know, we have to feel to heal. That sadness isn't just going to melt away and go down a drain on its own. You can pretend, you can try to convince yourself of that, but it's just not true. 
And so this idea of I don't have time, I don't have time to work through that emotion, I don't have time to sit with that, well, you might want to just consider what that's doing to your body as you're learning more and more through these episodes because time might be something you have when you consider it equals healthiness. So healthiness in self, healthiness with others. So sometimes time is a little worth it, right? But also what helps us avoid and keep us in these patterns are addictive cycles. We are in a crisis of addiction. I, as well as the other mental health therapists at my center, Eva Letwin, we both specialize in mental health and substance abuse. And wow, I mean, I don't have to probably tell any of you, this isn't news, like late breaking news here by Nicole. You know, I would just guess to imagine that every one of you listening has not only been either impacted by addiction yourself or a loved one or family member, but I can rest assured that all of you are in a community right now that is suffering with this crisis of addiction. I will not go on my tangent right now about the pharmaceutical industry. And um, I'm just going to stop it right there because I'm going to start going on a tangent. But um, we're struggling right now uh, with addiction and, you know, some things that are happening in society and corporations aren't helping us to heal. They're actually feeding it further. But the other thing that keeps us in an addictive cycle is ourself. I struggled with addiction in my life. And there came a point that I had to decide I was done. I have mounds and mounds of addiction running through my family. So I know it's genetic, but it's also learned. It's also avoidance. It's also a fear of emotion, an understanding that I didn't understand, and realizing that I had to do something different. In working with people who struggle with addiction, you know, something I always try to explain to them is There's so many people around you who are in long-term recovery who don't ever want to go back to the addictive cycle, but it's about allowing themselves permission to do that and finding the strength and working through it. It's not like they woke up one day and suddenly had no impulse to use and no impulse to relapse and didn't have the body sensations, the mental sensations, that addictive little pocket in the back of the brain coming open and trying to cloud their judgment. But somewhere along the line, that relapse cycle stopped for them. And it can for you too if you're struggling. Or it can for your family member too if they are struggling. But we have to to gain support and we have to gain understanding. In my work in addiction, the two primary things, again, just my opinion. I know there's many different uh, models of addiction recovery. um, But, you know, I really... Uh, work with people and understanding that often to large contributors to addiction is um, our fear. So our fear of our emotion and then loneliness. So we want to avoid emotion, numb out, escape, and we want to not be alone. And so you know, it it often contributes to this vicious cycle. So support and community are so important in helping us to grow in many, many ways. 
and you know allowing us to connect to this emotion in a healthier way without escaping through addiction is one of those ways and i also want to preface that addiction is just not substances we can obviously be addicted to substances but there's gambling addiction there's sex addiction there's shopping addiction there's porn addiction you know there's lots of different addictions that we can get into to escape the now and to escape what we're feeling and experiencing some other things to just keep in mind that will escalate our emotions on these ladders on these on this ladder is also creating expectations and assumptions and allowing that to be the guide to our reaction we can often place unexplained or um, unrealistic expectations onto others. We won't even tell them we have the expectation, but when they don't meet it, we'll react or we'll make assumptions about other people, their, um, you know, what they're thinking, what they're doing, what they're going to say, and then we react again off our expectations, which often aren't even communicated or they're unrealistic and our assumptions. This breaks down our communication as well um, in many areas and many different ways along with those ones that we just talked about a little bit ago. And then lastly, another thing is that we disconnect from our triggers and we become firefighters. So we will not quite be aware of the things around us that are escalating and pushing our buttons and, and making us climb that ladder. And suddenly, you know, when you think about the ladder of emotion, you can think about rings of a ladder and, you know, we're kind of slowly walking up the ladder. But when we disengage and disconnect from our awareness of all of this stuff we're, we're starting to talk about here, we become firefighters. You know how they climb the ladder? Yeah, they climb the, that ladder quick. Well, that's where we go in our emotions. We climb that ladder and we're on top of the house and we're like, oh man, how did I even get up here? I don't know, but I'm about to snap out because I'm so angry, well, we need to calm it down. We don't have to be firefighters unless you are putting out a fire. And so recognizing what is pushing us, what is triggering us, and allowing ourselves not only to figure out what about it is triggering us, like why is that such a trigger to me? Do I have any expectations? Do I have any assumptions I'm holding on there to? Or holding on to there? Um, So, you know, recognizing that, part of things like what is it about this that's actually triggering me connecting to the experience so we can actually regulate if we're on the the second or third ring of our ladder it's a little easier to regulate regulate than when we're on the top of the house so trying to slowly climb in that awareness so that we can better manage using the tools that we're starting to build and continuing to build in our wellness toolbox thinking about you know the the idea or that example i think it was in the anxious body system maybe episode um or i'm not sure um but about them um i just lost my train of thought sorry uh yes the trees how uh you know we can build those trees and get those deep roots of emotion and we get lost in the forest so allowing ourselves to recognize what triggers us sitting with it working through it investigating with curiosity our body system our mind system and what about that is triggering us looking again everyone is our teacher so if someone continues to trigger frustration in you allow it to be a teacher a teaching experience and moments allowing it to be an opportunity for regulation i have a lot of teachers in my life (laughs) 
Um, so letting, letting uh, experiences be opportunities for learning and growth. We also can store emotions within us. I'm going to be talking a lot more about our energy body and storage of emotion. I'm going to have some guest um, speakers on there as well when we get into to that uh, lovely uh, area of, of discussion. I just love talking about that stuff. But for now, just knowing our, our body stores emotion. And as I talked about a little bit before, you know, that causes physical and emotional ailments in our body. But we also have emotion storage in terms of automatic response systems that have been practiced and, and repracticed and repracticed over and over again. So you've kind of taught yourself uh, probably for years how to respond in some of the emotions that you're, you're responding in, in the way that you are. But that's okay. It's not going to take you years to retrain I promise if you work through this stuff, it will not take years. It just is, you know, a work in practice. It's a work on working through impulsive patterns. It's a work on trusting ourselves. It's a work on allowing ourselves to know that we can truly have self-love and self-compassion, that we are deserving of having happy emotions, experiencing them, that all emotions are needed and that we have the ability and the strength to work through each and every one of them. Most of us have not gone through easy journeys. Think about all the hardships you've already gotten through, all the emotions you've worked through. You're going to be able to work through them even more fully and deeply as you connect further to them, because then they allow you to heal, heal patterns that you're stuck in and truly experience. So how can we regulate and begin this? Again, we're going to talk a lot more about this in future episodes. I'm trying not to make these episodes too long so that you can have a nice little snapshot of things. And so with today, I think hopefully that provided you with some information to kind of contemplate. And so that's part one is just allowing this folder that we just opened to increase in its awareness for you. Starting to tap in with curiosity is one area. So tapping in with curiosity of how your body feels. Our body um, kind of responds with each emotion in a little bit of a different way. When you're feeling anxious, your body holds tension and responds in tension in a different way than when you're feeling excited, for example. You know, anxiety, we have that, that flood of uh, adrenaline and our heart is racing. And when we're excited, that's happening too. I joke that I'm a little bit of a uh, an adrenaline seeker. I, I like to do, uh, you know, things that get my adrenaline going. Um, and with it, it's interesting because it, you know, with my trauma stuff, if I have an escalation of that, my body can respond in some of that same way with that heart rate and that uh, adrenaline spike. But it is different. Um, these slight differences, you know, our anxiety then brings all this other stuff with it too, the muscle tension in the shoulders and the legs and all that stuff that we've been talking about. Anger, it brings that muscle tension like anxiety, our hearts racing like anxiety. We might even be clenching our jaw, holding our fists like we would when we're at a very high level of anxiety. Our heart is racing, but it is still a little different. So tapping in, Tapping in with curiosity to your body. Our body is an awesome tool in emotion regulation. I might have said this before in a different episode, but I don't remember. Um, so I'm just going to say it again. So this idea of our body being an emotional regulator, um, an, an example 
of, of how profound it can be is if you're feeling anxious, for example, excuse me, I didn't mean to say anxious. If you're feeling angry, for example, um, or like a high frustration and you do this carefully, obviously, please don't do this and fall. And then tell me, I, I told you to do this and then you fell, <laughs> but, uh, carefully and mindfully, if you were feeling angry and you lean back on your chair, um, you know, on the two back legs of your chair, it will start to regulate your body system in anger because it puts your body system into a different connection of imbalance. And so we, our body wants to get balanced real quick. And so it helps to regulate the body. We'll talk about that way more. Um, and when we look at, um, the use of body and emotion regulation, but I just want to give you that quick example, uh, as it came into my mind right there, which then makes me lose my focus. So connect, connect with how we're feeling. Yes. Um, allowing ourselves to connect to this body awareness and the management of what the body can do in terms of regulating and managing this emotion regulation tool, keeping in mind, we must feel to heal. So allowing some curiosity, Checking in, asking yourself some questions. So you want to use that pause button. So when you notice different emotion spikes starting to happen, press pause and ask yourself in some curious questions uh, in terms of how am I really feeling right now? So if you're feeling angry, am I truly angry or am I feeling something else? Um, what does my body feel like right now? Where's my tension? or lack of tension, if I'm feeling sad, you know, what's it feel like in my body, this drained feeling, this heaviness, this lack of energy, lack of decision-making that's in my brain, indecisiveness with the sadness, among some other things. So curiosity, curiosity, pausing, looking in a little deeper, what is my real emotion right now? How is my body telling me that I feel? So that practice of the pause and the practice of curiosity and remember, remembering again that you can trust yourself in all emotion. All emotion is needed. We are human. We need them all. And we're going to work much further on understanding the emotions, understanding how to create more of the um, patterns and connections that you're desiring instead of the impulsive ways that we can get into based off of just different ways that we've learned and absorbed with no judgment or fault of anyone else. We are our own person. We have every opportunity and every ability to do it as we want to do it for ourselves. So love and compassion towards yourself and recognizing that it will take time, but not as much time as you've trained yourself in the ways that you're wanting to undo. With that, that is the end of today. I hope that you have found this somewhat useful for you and starting to understand emotion, starting to look more at this ladder of emotion and understanding some of those automatic patterns and fears and how we're going to start to begin to, to create a different connection. So practice some self-compassion. Practice some self-love. Practice some connection in that within yourself and those around you. You deserve it. And you must feel it to heal it. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate all of you. Uh, a little side note, if you want to get to know a little bit more about me or the other services and practitioners I have at Serenity, you can check us out online at serenitywellnesscenter.com or on Instagram and Facebook, and it's spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. 
We continue to have yoga and meditation each week. So Mondays 5.30, Tuesdays, Thursdays at noon, and our meditation is 6.45 on Tuesdays. We also have a worry reduction workshop coming up on March 30th from 2 to 5 with Sakara Ray. It's about really uh, further breaking down these cycles of worry and stress, how to let go, release, and begin to heal in a different way, creating different patterns like we've been talking about. And then we also have... Um, I'll be teaching the Asui Holy Fire Advanced Reiki class uh, this Saturday, March 23rd. There are a few spots left. If you're interested, reach out to me. And then we also have, I'll be teaching the Master Reiki, uh, Asui Holy Fire Reiki class on April 6th and 7th. And then on April 7th, from 7 to 8.30, we have a Relax, Renew, Restorative Yoga and Reiki Healing Workshop with Stephanie Collar and myself. And that will be um, just an amazing experience of some postures and holding positions as I uh, provide Reiki and use essential oils to help balance and relax your whole system. And then we have our free Reiki Circle on April 11th at 7 o'clock with myself and some other Reiki masters. I am finishing up our spring workshop series of um, things we have going on at Serenity here, hopefully in the next a few days. I'm going to give myself a week though, as I've been talking about balance, I'm trying to balance myself a little better here. And, um, so I'll be getting that information out soon, but in the meantime, you can check us out there. Please continue to send me your questions. I will continue to, uh, follow up with you personally, as well as, uh, provide some information here on the podcast. I look forward to continuing to spend some time and space with you. Get out and enjoy the spring today, everybody, and take in some of that beautiful moon energy tonight. Thanks so much. You have a beautiful day.